Sorry, I'm just sitting with Ryan, and, and we're just putting our heads together trying to figure out what we can do to try to raise some money for Jeff Flake. Anyway, uh, but uh, razor. Yeah, well, cakewalk. Apparently, he needs that. Anyway, we'll get into that. Hey, morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM seven ninety two sons, most stimulating talk. And there are three things I think you need to know. There's actually like a million things today. I mean, it, the news never freaking stops. I mean, it's just insane as to what is going on. So, number one. Uh, this is huge. Trump fulfilling another campaign promise, uh, moving uh, our embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Of course, it's going to take a few years. Got to find a place. Got to make sure you can have security. Got to build it. Got to get appropriations. But he said, I'm going to do this. Now, Bush said it in the past. Didn't do it. Obama said it. You know, he was never going to do it. I mean, really? Obama helping out Israel and whatever. Uh, then... Trump said it, and he's going to do it. And, of course, now all of a sudden the Palestinians and the people in the Middle East are like, we're going to now act like terrorists. It's like, well, you already do, so whatever. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, and I think this is, uh, this is just hilarious, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Jeff Flake decides, and this is, this is how clueless this guy is. I mean, for an alleged smart guy, I mean, just a bonehead, uh, he decides to take a picture of a check that he has written to the liberal Democrat Doug Jones out in Alabama. He take a, he takes a, he's, he's giving a campaign donation of you ready one hundred dollars, one hundred dollars. Really? Ah, uh, yes, yes. And he takes a picture of it and puts it on Twitter and says "country over party." Wow, we're gonna tear into that in a little bit, like seconds from now. Uh, third thing that I think you need to know, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on, man. Uh, I mean, what 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 should we do? Which, which is the third thing? How about the idea that the Senate Republicans have introduced their immigration reform plan? And it's pretty good if you take away the Republicans that have already said we need to water it down. Uh, the original plan is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So we'll get into that. Three things I think you need to know. There's others. I mean, you have, you have uh, the border wall prototypes now officially being tested. You don't hear much about that now, huh? Where's the wall? Well, apparently it's on its way. Uh, and of course, you could buy booze. Oh, well, the Tucson City Council approved, approved the McHale Center to sell booze to people. It has to go to the liquor board up in the uh, the, in the capital for approval the arizona liquor board whatever the hell that is so we'll see what happens there only one person by the way voted against that that was regina romero because she hates fun uh she hates a lot of fun and there's oh i have regina romero news as well but man oh man oh man let's let's start with the uh the check uh is that true like it's hard to get the actual i've been looking this up and i've seen all kinds of different things um what I'm looking at? Yeah, yeah, the Je- Jeff Flake's net worth. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that, like, if, if you have to ask how much something is, you probably can't afford it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
Yeah, there's all kinds of things running through my head about Jeff Flake. Uh, Jeff, it says right here, U.S. News, Jeff Flake's estimated wealth is brought down by two large mortgage liabilities. Wait, go back to that. Go back to that. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You've got, uh, which totaled at least $750,000. Uh, apparently, he has thousands of dollars in Apple stock, an apartment in Provo, Utah, of course. Uh, the guy has some money. Apparently, his net worth was, then I saw something, his net worth was two hundred eighty-three grand. but I'm it's got to be more than that. His family owned all that ranch land and stuff like that. But yeah, see, Jeff Flake worth 283000 bucks is uh, the estimated net worth. That's the website that I went to. Trent Franks is worth $33.2 million. You've got to be kidding me. You really? Holy smokes. Don't worry about that. What was Raul Grijalva's net worth? It was like a couple hundred grand. Right? Real good. 275000 bucks. It's not bad. Martha McSally's worth three quarters of a million. She's never had a job besides... Anyway, whatever. So, uh, all right. So you have... Uh, you have Jeff Flake, who literally is showing his true colors. I mean, he is donating to the Democrats. What Democrat is so upset with their party they're donating to Republicans? And you know, it's crazy. This is, this is the first time Jeff Flake's being honest. Would it have been refreshing if he's like, listen, I consider myself to be a Republican for some reason. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to be totally honest with you and see if I win this time. Instead of lying to you when I'm running about what I'm going to do when I get in there and not do it, let me just tell you exactly how I feel. Uh, really? Wow. Jeff Flake decides to... I mean, what do you... Th- At some point, you, th- you sit back and say, are people going to make fun of me for donating just $100? Even $1,000 would have been more of a statement to donate to the Democrat going against Roy Moore out in Alabama, that Doug Jones guy. $100? A hundred bucks. Yeah, really, uh, really putting your money where your mouth is right there, isn't he? You know what it reminds me of also? When I was uh, bartending at a restaurant in college, and people would come in, and they'd, uh, they'd order a burger, and they'd get fries, and want extra ranch to go with the fries, but then order the Diet Coke. This reminds me of that. You know, I'd like fries with extra ranch and a Diet Coke. Hi, I'm Jeff Flake. I swear I'm Republican. I'm going to give $100 to the Democrat, because I hate Trump so much, so much. I mean, is that one hundred dollar? If you want to, in your own good conscience, donate a hundred bucks to Doug Doug Jones, you want to do that, Jeff? You go ahead and you do that. But to be so dumb as to take a picture of it, so you could be another another punching bag, and just another reason to be a punching bag for everybody that doesn't like you. What a stupid thing to do. He's letting men down because, see, men, we do things sometimes without thinking. We say certain things. (laughs) We act certain ways. You think somebody's like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. You think you're going to get praised for this, El Jefe? Really? The Jeff Flake, right? And you know what? I'll I'll retweet this. Follow me on Twitter, at Garrett Lewis. I didn't want to do it until the show started. Uh, Jeff and Charlie. He took literally a picture of the actual. He went so far as to take a picture of the check, black out his address, black out, of course, the routing number and account number. Um... Doug Jones for U.S. Senate, $100. Uh, and in the memo, it says country over party. Like you're just some really cool guy. And that's just, yeah, that's the way it is. By the way, uh, Roy Moore used this to uh, to get more support. 
He tweeted out, calling all patriots pro-amnesty, big government Republican Senator Jeff Flake just donated to my pro-abortion, open borders, anti-gun liberal opponent. And, he, and he's raising money for it. Really? So this is, uh, this is Jeff Flake. Oh, and then, of course, he, a, couple day, a couple days before that, a couple days ago, he, he said Mitt Romney is right. Roy Moore victory is no victory for the GOP and the nation. Again, this is why nobody likes you. If you wanted to, like, whatever you think I should do, like your instinct, just realize nobody likes you for that instinct. Like, your instinct is open borders. Your instinct is amnesty. So your, your approval dropped to, like, 21%. So when you're like, my instinct is to write a check for $100 to the liberal Democrat that loves abortion, by the way, take a picture of it, Put it out there like I'm doing something that's virtuous. Maybe I just shouldn't do that. You know, this is where he needs to implore the Costanza rule of just do the opposite. You never saw that Seinfeld where George wanted to do the opposite? No, but it sounds good. It worked out so well for him. <laughs> it sounds really if good. Everything that comes, if everything that comes natural to you, you normally do, do the opposite. See what happens. $100. $100. bucks. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, it's not just me, by the way, that it's just this is this is how much he hates you. Like he he really doesn't like anything you stand for. He doesn't like what I stand for. Um I just I'm just baffled at the lack of common sense, but I really shouldn't be. You know, the guy, he's a good looking man, he has nice teeth, he's got good hair. He speaks in a very calm manner and wears suits. So people think that he's going to be the poster child of someone that's smart as a politician. Maybe he's just really not that bright. All right? Maybe he's just not that bright. You know who else made fun of him for this? Steve Bannon. Let's do 108. Steve Bannon's out in Alabama with Roy Moore yesterday. And he brings up Jeff Flake. And it's the same reaction that I had that you had a hundred bucks. That's going to make a dent. <laughs> Is it... I'm I'm so good. Now, again, Jeff Flake voted for the Senate tax reform bill only because he was promised to get some kind of amnesty for DACA recipients, for illegal aliens. And he's been praised for a couple of months now by going after Trump, saying he's not going to run because he hates Trump so much, and the liberal media is like, oh, come on, come on, come on the show, come on, we love you. And then when he votes for something they don't like, they hate him. Now he's hoping they, they like him again. Anyway, listen to Steve Bannon making fun of Flake yesterday in Alabama. Here we go. Let's talk about Jeff Flake. Did he sign a check today, $100 to Jones, right? He, what do you say, put, put country ahead of party? Come on, brother. If you're going to write a check, write a check. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Don't give the man $100. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nope. Are you, hey, Flake, this is why your approval rating in your home stays like 11%. Yeah, well. You're, you're, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Man, you're a total embarrassment. If you're going to write a check, write a check. Support somebody. Uh, you know, Jeff Lake writes a check for 100 bucks, a whopping $100 to, his, to the Democrat out there in Alabama because he hates the Republican Party so much. And it just really shows the kind of guy that Jeff Flake is. Uh, Jeff Flake's the kind of guy that when you go out to dinner with that other couple, they're going to want the check to be split. Because they don't trust you. They don't want to pay an extra dollar or two dollars if your entree was an extra buck or two. 
You know, and it, you know, it reminds you, Jeff Flake's the kind of guy that when you go out with another couple and you have an appetizer, they hope the appetizer, the appetizer is put on your side of the bill so they don't have to pay for it. That's the, yeah. I have you ever met those? Ever I, we we were we were friends. Hi, I'm working right here. I know. Thanks. We were friends with this couple when we lived in Texas, and they were so cheap that it became not fun to go to dinner with them. It, um, I mean, it all even, I, my, my thing is it all evens out at the end, right? I've always done that with all my friends. It always evens out. We go out. I don't care if your thing was an extra few bucks. We'll split whatever. It is what it is. It's always going to even out. These people were adamant to tell everybody, uh, every, every waiter where we go out, can we split the check? Can you get the appetizer split, please? Can you do that? Can you get this? But you know what, dude, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. That's the kind of guy that Jeff Flake seems to be. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Jeff freaking Flake, $100. What a moron. I mean, just so stupid. Just so stupid. Uh, you can comment, 880-KNST, 880-5678. You can also hit pound 250 on your phone to get through that way. A movie phone guy comes up, just say Garrett Lewis, and he... Pops you right through to the listener line. I'll get your reaction coming up to this stuff. This is, I mean, this is just so freaking funny. What a, what a cheap guy. What a cheap, just, you We're know what? People call and ask to do a uh, fundraiser for Roy Moore. And then the, in the little memo line, you put, don't make the same, same mistake we did. Elect a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeff Flake would have been able to actually write a bigger check if more people bought his book. And apparently that hasn't really happened. So uh, wait, we'll yeah. make fun of this more and yeah, throughout the entire show. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll you come back to your reaction. I have more, more stuff. And uh, Regina Romero uh, wants to make a big difference about things. We'll get the exact number of, of, of books that Jeff Lake has sold over the past few months coming back. Uh, and Regina Romero also uh, wants to do something that will literally do nothing to improve Tucson. We'll get to all that coming up. KNST AIM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Yes. All right, 633 uh, on KNST AM 790. Now, uh, we'll get to this coming back uh, in, in six. I don't time now. Uh, Regina Romero. Out of all the things that need to be done to fix Tucson, Regina Romero, the Tucson City Council meeting, apparently wants to write a letter to impact, well, nobody in Tucson, but she thinks that she can impact the country. Wait till you hear what she wants to do, and the, the council unanimously approved doing what she wants. It ain't filling potholes or being more business friendly, I'll tell you that. That's coming up. And 710 this morning, uh, a representative, I thought he was a school board member based on his email, he's a representative involved in the process down in the Vail School District about them building a tiny home community for their teachers that can't afford to live there. Uh, He's going to explain to me why it's a good idea. That's at 710 this morning. Right now on KNST, here is Fox. King Talk. 642. Oh, this is funny. I, I have... More reaction from Flake, which which is which is great. Uh, three things that I think you need to know. Uh, number one, uh, President Trump is going to announce at about eleven o'clock our time uh, this, this morning that uh, the embassy that we have in Israel will be moved to the capital. Will be moved to Jerusalem, which is uh, very very important. It's a campaign promise that he is keeping. Bush promised it, never did it. Obama he promised it. That's just a, a joke now. So there you go. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, Jeff Flake said, I'm going to show you how much I dislike 
the Republican Party and Roy Moore and Donald Trump. I'm going to donate to his opponent. Not only did he donate to the uh, far-left Democrat, Doug Jones, he really put his money where his mouth is by writing out a $100 check, taking a picture of it, and tweeting out the picture saying country over party. And he put that on the check. 100 Way to go out there on that limb, buddy. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Third thing that I think you need to know, and there again, there is a lot, but how about this? We'll get to the details. The Senate... Uh, Republicans have introduced their version of immigration reform, which would not give uh, citizenship to illegal aliens, uh, would end chain migration, a lot of great things, mandate E-Verify, Cates Law, you name it. And there are some Republicans that are already saying, maybe we don't need to do the whole chain migration thing. Get out of here, you you rhinos. That guy from North Carolina, Tom Tillis, uh, John Cornyn, that rhino from Texas. Three things I think you need to know. Um, I got this, this email flake is the kind of guy <laughs> flake is the kind of guy that would invite you to lunch at some diner, ask for separate checks and figure out the tip on a calculator. Let's see. 10% of seven eighty nine. It's like a stanza. What's 15% of eight fifteen? A great idea for a present for Jeff Flake, a tip calculator. Like what Jerry got his dad one time, the tip wizard. Oh, man. Tip calculator for Jeff. Like, all right, well, how many books did he sell? What's the update real quick before we get to Regina Romero? What's, what, what is it? We're, we are at... And this is the overall Amazon summary. Yes. The book sales. So here... Oh, okay. We are at 2,139. Oh, congratulations. And that book has been out for, uh, what, at least six, seven, eight months now? I think eight months. Uh, so he sold 2,139 copies around the world of his book where he uh, stole the title. And, yeah. Well, December sales are 35. So that means there's 35 people out there who are getting a really bad gift from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, El Jefe. Again, I mean, people don't want your book. Did you really? Sometimes you have to sit back and say, is this going to get me a win? You really proved your point there, Jeff. Got us. What is he trying to do, though? I mean, what's the whole point of this to begin with? He's out. He's on his way out. He's trying to prove that he can put country over party and stuff. A little late for that. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing. I'll put country over party by making sure that if Martha McSally's the one that's going to, if she somehow defeats Kelly Ward, if she she officially says she's going to run against Kelly Ward, I will not vote for Martha McSally. (laughs) I'm not going to vote for Kirsten Sinema, but I ain't voting for Martha McSally. But thanks for playing there, El Jefe. Uh, all right, speaking of uh, complete buffoon. You. Yeah, well, not me. <laughs> Regina Romero. Oh, Regina, Regina, Regina. And I say that because we have lots of people from Canada that pronounce it Regina, Saskatchewan. Not Regina, Regina. That's what they do. So anyway, uh, Regina Romero, apparently, as they're doing the ever-important Tucson City Council meeting. And I, I listen, I wasn't there because I'd rather watch paint dry. Uh, but the guy that is the reporter for it on the local paper, Joe Ferguson, tweeted out something I thought was hilarious. Uh, he tweeted this last night. Councilwoman uh, Regina Romero wants the Tucson Council to write and sign a letter asking the Arizona congressional delegation to, pla- to pass a clean DACA bill before the end of the year. Because that's what's important in Tucson, right? I mean, have the potholes, the businesses going under. The uh, 
these stupid regulations that we have. She wants this is going to have such a big impact. Just like when they they, they did the resolution about uh, they hate the wall and they want the Paris Climate Treaty to to continue to continue whatever to keep going. Uh, this will make a big difference in your life, right? So yes, she wants. She's like, listen, this is important to me. We need to write and sign a letter asking the Arizona congressional delegation to pass a clean DACA bill before the end of the year. So the question is, uh, what did the council do? They unanimously approved it. <laughs> yes. Solid. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I will retweet those. Okay. I will retweet those. So follow me on Twitter at Garrett Lewis. Oh, you got you gotta do this is it's so good. I mean, the important things. Keep voting for these morons if you live in Tucson. I know you don't, right? I know you don't. But, I mean, enough is enough. Uh, The council backed her. Here's the tweet from Ferguson. The Tucson council unanimously vote to back Regina Ramirez's request. Letter will go out soon. Okay. All right. Big impact. Uh, Again, she was the only person to vote against uh, the idea of liquor, and wine being sold at at the McHale Center to watch U of A games. She's the only person against... I, it didn't say why, but she was the only one that voted against it. I guess maybe she doesn't like fun. And to me, it's kind of interesting how she would vote against that, considering her husband is like uh, a, a big... He's like Raul Grijalva's right-hand man, right? And now that we know that Raul Grijalva apparently gets drunk frequently, you'd think that Raul Grijalva would be like, oh, this is awesome. I can go get hammered at a U of A basketball game, and you think that, you know, Regina would get the hint from her husband who works for Raul. Her husband's name is Ruben Reyes. He's the guy that was uh, that got caught with a bunch of Ruth McClung yard signs in the back of his back of his car as he pulled up to uh, Grijalva's office about seven years ago when, when McClung was running against her. And, of course, he never got into trouble for that. Uh, but you'd think that Raul would send the message, hey, listen, Ruben. Tell your wife to vote for uh, to vote in favor of selling booze at the McHale Center because I'm the kind of guy that needs that to happen for me to have a good time. The way they're playing. Well, that too. But yeah. So uh, Regina Romero, really, really making a big difference in this world, isn't she? Really big difference. Speaking of DACA, uh, Jeff Flake, I'll put this video on my page at KNST.com. Jeff Flake, let's play number 103 real fast because, you know, the whole DACA thing is there. Uh, Jeff Flake not only decided to, to uh, say I'm gonna I'm really gonna go out on a limb here and donate a hundred dollars to the uh, liberal Democrat in Alabama going against Roy Moore. I'd take that hundred in a heartbeat, though. Well, you might as well light it on fire because the guy's gonna <laughs> lose bigly. I mean, he might as well just buy. Uh, Jeff Flake took to the Senate floor yesterday to say we need to pass amnesty for DACA recipients. They called a solution. It's amnesty. There's nothing else. Listen to this. Here we go. I rise today with increasing concern about the uncertain future facing DACA recipients. There are nearly 800,000 DACA recipients. These are children They're not who children. were brought across the border through no fault of their own mm. years and years ago. Nearly 800,000 across the country, nearly 50,000 just in Arizona alone. He said they were children? Children. Liar. Uh, just so you know, Homeland Security 
says the average. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Uh, Homeland Security says 22 percent, an estimated 22 percent uh, of undocumented immigrants are under age 25. That's it. That's it. I believe the average age of a DACA recipient is 26. They're children. They're children. Uh, yeah. Uh, 104. Let's do another one real quick. 104. Here we go. These individuals who seek, uh, who we seek to help are students, employees, colleagues, and friends. They know no other home but the United States. Mm. They have embraced the values of hard work and right. perseverance. Yeah. And in turn, their communities have embraced them as their own. 21.9% of DACA recipients are high school dropouts compared to 5.9% for the national average. But they've embraced the, the hard work. Uh, there's more. What, what should the Senate do? He tells, you, he tells you what the Senate should do and how they should take care of the kids coming up in uh, about uh, five. It is your morning ritual. With me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. How you doing? It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, on KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. There are three things that I think you need to know. Number one, President Trump has, is going to announce at 11 o'clock local time that uh, our embassy in Israel will be moved to Jerusalem, which is huge. That is a campaign promise kept. Uh, it is very important. It is very symbolic. Other presidents have promised it and not done it. Good for him. It's going to take a few years, but good for him. Second thing that I think you need to know, Jeff Flake put his money where his mouth is, uh, stick, trying to stick it to Roy Moore in a big way and Trump and the Republican Party because he donated $100 to the liberal opponent, Doug Jones. He wrote a check. He's like, look at me, big man on campus, $100 to Doug Jones. This will help take down Roy Moore. <laughs> a big spender. Country over party is what he wrote in the memo line, and he tweeted that out. Oh, Jeff, you know what, again, Jeff, sometimes you should probably take a step back and say, is this going to really, is this going to do a lot for me? Is this going to help me get a win? It's not looking too good there, Jeff. Not looking too good at all. Uh-oh. Uh, so you have that third thing I think you need to know. I mean, there's a lot. How about this one? How about this one? Uh, the department of justice is going to hand over the texts from that Trump hating FBI agent. That was part of the Mueller team. They're going to hand them over to that house intelligence committee. There is no timetable. They said they're going to do it. Hopefully it's going to be. The next couple of days, it should be. Uh, but they're going to hand those texts over. See what else he wrote. Three things I think you need to know. Um, now, I, I pulled a Brian Ross, apparently. Uh, this, this guest that we have coming up, Matt Federoff, uh, I thought was a Vail uh, 
school board member. And apparently he's just, I guess, involved somehow with the Vail School District. Anyway, we talked about a couple days ago the idea of Vail. Uh, they want to keep their teachers, but their teachers can't afford to live there. So the school district owns land, and they want to build tiny houses. Like, you see those crazy things on HGTV? Living like a 180-square-foot house? Yeah, okay. Uh, they want to build those for the teachers. And I'm thinking, is that really the job of the school district? I mean, shouldn't shouldn't there be private capitalism going on? Free market. Hmm, let's build an apartment complex, that kind of stuff. Anyway, Matt Federoff, who's involved, he's on a, a board, I believe, with the Vail School District, joins me now to talk about this. Matt, thanks for the time this morning. How you doing? Oh, good morning, Garrett. First off, what a thrill. I have My wife and I have listened to KNSB for, geez, about 20 years now. I, I remember Rush in the morning and G. Gordon Liddy in the afternoon. Oh. You can believe that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, well, my wife says hi and, and thank you. Um, of course. So I, I'm in charge of IT for the district. Oh, but, okay. I, okay. I, I saw the, the email and I wasn't sure. I saw the email address. So I, my apologies, not part of the school board, but you actually work for the Vail School District. Yeah, although I had several board members give me grief or, or call me their sixth member, so I already caught my, my share of attention for it. Thank you. Oh, we're up to um, nine listeners then. That's awesome. <laughs> that's it. At least two, yeah, two yeah, they are listeners, so that, that's good. Um, what attracted me to this project was I was a classroom teacher for many years, and my first job was down in Nogales, and there were no places to live in Nogales, so I had to live in Patagonia. So beyond having to drive 40 miles of mountain roads every day, um, I went home to a community that I didn't work in, and I worked in a community I didn't live in, and it was incredibly isolating. I didn't know my neighbors. They didn't know me. Um, and that's just really tough. So we get kids who are 22, 23 years old. They come out from the East Coast, or they come out from California, and they work for us, and they're fabulous teachers. But they live either really far away or they live in really crappy apartments that where you don't feel safe, where you wouldn't want to live anyways. And it's true, 435-square-mile district, we have no apartments in our district at all. And that's what attracted me to this was a place, especially to help our young teachers have a place to live and to get started and to get some traction in life. Listen, I'm I'm torn because I admire you guys for having, a, you know, what I'm told is a, a very good school district. I think, you know, the superintendent does some weird things sometimes. But, you, you know, you apparently people move there just for the school district because you get a great education. And I think part of that is is also the parents demanding the kids do work. It's not just all the teachers. The parents have to be involved as oh, well. Yeah. But so, so I admire you guys for doing what you can to try to keep good teachers because it's hard to find good teachers. At the same time, I'm thinking, why don't you guys get together with the council, get some zoning, do something, uh, get some developers and say, build an apartment complex ASAP so we can have teachers uh, afford to be able to live here, you know, young kids. Because listen, it's not just teachers, man. Again, I started out on radio making twenty-seven grand in Waco, <laughs> Texas. You know, I had to live in a five hundred square foot apartment. I didn't know my neighbors, but I had to go do it. And I sacrificed. That's part of the gig of growing up, right? That is. That is first off, you know, you mentioned uh, the other day you've only been out to Vail once. Let me invite you to come out again. Uh, first off, this is Martha McSally's district. She lives in the district. I mean, you've got lots of kindred spirits. Well, that, whoa, whoa, that, that's, that, 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 whoa, whoa, that, that's not going to make me want to go down there. Oh, well, just the voters, <laughs> lots of KNST listeners, lots of folks down here. We have the best public school district in Arizona. We say that. We mean that. We have the evidence to back it up. Uh, you know, people don't know we've got, we're the third largest school district in Pima County. Now. We've got 13,500 students. And what our, what our parents demand, what they readily expect is that we put a high-quality teacher in front of every student every day. And we have, we have to do what we can. And you're right, on some level, you know, is this our job? 
we would be thrilled if developers would consider that. Uh, developers are down here. They, they'd like to build houses, you know, single-family houses. That's what we have mostly of. And one of the reasons why we could kind of move in this direction is that zoning laws actually prevent developers from, let's say, starting a tiny house community. Uh, you really can't do it, whereas on land that we own, we're pretty free to do what we want. Okay, okay so, I, I got you, but hang on. Before we get into the costs and stuff, Matt, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just curious again. So you're telling me that nobody has tried. I mean, isn't there demand? Is I'm assuming there's sufficient demand uh, for apartments to be built down there. So, you know, has that even been approached? Has anybody from the school board or the administration tried to make that happen so they can accommodate their employees? We are always in conversations with developers. Uh, there are numerous rentals in the area, but they're rental houses. Uh, it's kind of tricky to have two or three people going on a house. Uh, so there's a demand, but I think developers have seen and they have evidence to back up their, their, what they like to do, which is build houses um, and, and do that. Um, I, I'm not sure why that's never happened on that case, but we're constantly having conversations with developers to provide to the needs of our community. And you're right, not just our teachers. We have a lot of service workers and other folks who I'm sure would have that need. Until they do, we're trying to do what we can. So what would it cost? And, and uh, by the way, Matt Federoff is uh, an employee of the Vail School District, and he's involved in this process of building a tiny community, tiny home community uh, on school land. And he's on KNST AM790. Um, what would it cost taxpayers? I mean, are you guys going to foot the bill, going to pay for everything to be built, that kind of stuff? No, in truth, what we've done right now is we already own the land. We had it already. Uh, it's not land that's suitable for a school based upon its size and where it's located at. Um, so we laid in all the infrastructure, a very minimal cost as far as, you know, plumbing, electrical, and things like that. And what we actually hope to do is invite investors to come in and invest in tiny homes that we would, in a sense, act as the intermediary to, to provide renters to for these investors. And we, we think there's a real business case for that because we can provide really high-quality renters who, because they're our employees, have already been fingerprinted and background checked and have steady jobs, and we can do, like, payroll deduction for rent. So we think we can provide really high-quality renters, frankly. So someone who was thinking about getting into the rental market, this would be a very easy, low barrier of entry as opposed to trying to invest in rental property and have a property management company and go through all those hassles. For, let's say, $50,000, you can come in and provide one of these tiny houses and, and help a legitimate need, keep a high-quality teacher in the district, but also then have a means of, of getting into rental properties. And we just want to facilitate that. That's our real goal. If we can bring private investment in and just be a good partner, that's what we'd like to do. That's what our, our real goal would be if we can. So that's the thing. You'd love to get people to come in and pay for the, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, pay for the actual, you know, they, they could be 20 grand a pop, 30 grand a pop, I don't know, 50 grand a pop for those tiny homes to be on the property. That's what you guys, so you guys don't want to pay for that. You want someone to come in and pay for it. Yeah, we really, again, you're right. That's not our line of work. Our, our work is to help the parents of our district educate their children, and that's what we're here for. However we can facilitate that, I mean, good government is responsive government. And so if we have a few levers we can pull to facilitate this, we're going to do that. That's who we are as a district. Um, I, I had parents, uh, one parent at least, in a particular call up and say, you know, why do they want to get involved? They were worried about the cost. They said, why are they going to get involved and spend money on plumbing, on infrastructure, on that kind of stuff, possibly tiny houses, when you guys in Vail are cutting programs, cutting music programs, that kind of stuff? Um, that's not really a, well, first off, you know, without going too far in the weeds, you know, like all public entities, we have different pots of money we can do different things with. And so we, had, you know, we have funds of which we can do this sort of work, which for us is a very minimal cost to provide the infrastructure. We have employees that can do that. We can do that with a minimal amount of investment. And then, again, invite private investors in. 
And in reality, you know, over the over the past 15 years, Vail has been either number one or number two in Pima County in putting the maximum amount of dollars in the classroom and the minimum amount of dollars in administrative overhead. We squeeze a nickel out of every dime to do the best we possibly can, and it shows in our test scores and how our parents feel about the district and the fact that we are the fastest-growing school district in Pima County. We work really hard to do right by our community, and this is just another way of doing it. We want the best quality teachers we can get. So... Is it legal for you to only rent these to teachers or school employees? What if there is somebody that works in a restaurant down there in Vail and says, "You know what? I want to rent one of those." Could you dis- would it be discrimination if you said no? No, I actually have no idea. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. Uh, I don't know. I think the mechanism is such that I, and primarily we're trying to, to solve two problems at once. It that way, um, since it is our land and, and whatnot. I, I, again, I, you'd have to ask legal folks on that. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I have to give you a, a yeah. Don't know. Okay. I mean, that's just something. I mean, you, you know, you, you, that's part of the whole housing yeah. laws. You know, you can't say yeah. no to someone based on whatever characteristics are involved. So again, yeah. the, the amount of money this would cost taxpayers, Vale School District would be responsible for uh, setting up the, the infrastructure for the plumbing, the water, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, and in fact, most of that's already been done by now, truthfully. Uh, we already own the land. A lot of the infrastructure was already in place. Uh, we realized we couldn't use it for anything else based upon where it is and whatnot. So, so, so what, what would be then, so then what would be the actual, what would be the actual cost? I mean, what, what would you pay for? Well, we, well, we have to pay to, you know, we have to pay the cost for utilities and whatnot, although those costs have been passed along to the renters themselves. Uh, you know, at this point, there's actually very little capital investment that's required to get this off the ground. Uh, that's why we're really hopeful that we can make a, a real business case to investors uh, working with people like the Vail Chamber of Commerce and others to say, why don't you come in and join the party? Because it's a real low cost of entry, a real low barrier to, to jumping in, and we think a real high-quality experience for someone who'd like to try getting into rental properties. Did, did you price out how much these little homes would cost? A really high-quality little home that is about 300 square feet and really looks nice. I mean, it's not a shack. It's not anything else. It's certainly much better than an apartment you can get uh, in, in neighboring areas. Is about $50,000. Okay, see. And how many of those would you like to have on your property? Oh, I wish I could show you the layout that we've come up with. Our, our ultimate scenario is to have about, about 24 of these in groups of four scattered around an area of about half an acre with some landscaping and walks and things and whatnot. Uh, again, we want to honor our teachers. We want them to be thrilled to go home every night. And frankly, too, if you work at two of our schools nearby, you could walk to and from to work. There's a supermarket within walking distance. There's all sorts of amenities. We actually like to create a community. That, that's what, what excites me is the idea that our young teachers might live near other young teachers who know what they do and have the same calendar and have the same experiences. So they're not totally alone. Now, like a lot of our kids are. And again, you're listening to Matt Federoff. He is part of. Uh, he's an employee with the Vale School District, and they're trying to figure out how they can keep good teachers there and uh, without having to pay them a lot. Because I guess there's, you know, it's Arizona. It's not that much money to pay the teachers, and it's expensive to live in Vale. He's on KNST AM 790. Uh, how many teachers have actually said, "I would do this. I would. I would rent it." If we could get ten now, we could fill them up immediately. Well, did you guys? Uh, did you guys do? Like, I got an email from a teacher right now. Did you guys take a survey? About having yep, before, did. so so there are uh, there are people that teachers employees that have said I'm in if you do it. Oh yeah, no. In fact, our committee we have about half a dozen uh, young teachers who would say they would move tomorrow if they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're saying they've said things like, "Oh, I'm ready to break my lease. Just tell me when." 
Hmm. Now, uh, what about the zoning of it? And again, I don't know if we went over this. If I missed it, I apologize. Is you know, would you have to get this land that you have, this random land, zoned to actually put, I guess, housing on it? That's the beauty of what we're trying to do. Uh, if you were a regular developer in Tucson or Pima County, you couldn't do this because the zoning laws don't permit it. On land that we own, we're exempt from a lot of that, so we're pretty much free to do what we want. So we think the first tiny house community in, in Pima County might actually be in the Dale School District on this piece of property. That would be pretty neat. Uh, any chance that teachers can be paid more, or there's just not enough funds for that based on You'd have the to state ask funding. the legislature that question. Okay, based on uh, that. Yeah, the guys in Phoenix yeah, are in charge of that. So you have you have a half dozen teachers. So you, would you want to start out with six? I mean, is the plan to do 24 at once? To do six at once, ten at once? What's the plan? We're hoping to start with four. Okay. Get those, oh, yeah. attract those in, see how that feels. You know, work through all the legal questions like you brought up. You know, lawyers rule the world. Uh, you know, if that feels good, then expand out four at a time. Uh, we think that once we show a good, solid business case, we'll get some more attention to that. You know, if nothing else, anything else could care, we're hoping at least that some, some of your listeners who are real estate developers and whatnot might realize there's a legitimate need down in our area for that, that they can both make some money and also do some good, frankly. This is not just our teachers. We have service workers. We have our support staff. We have a lot of folks down here in Vail that aren't ready to buy a house, but we sure like a place to live in the community they work in. That's why I'm just shocked that there's no apartment complexes. I mean, it's not a small, it's not a large community, but it's not a small community. No, no, I, I don't understand it either, truthfully. Um, so what's the time frame on this? Oh, boy, we'd go yesterday if we could. Uh, we've been working on this for about nine months. Uh, we've talked to folks, done a lot of research and whatnot. Uh, we would be thrilled if we could have something in place for the start of the next school year next July. Wow. Uh, and you think that there'd be, a, I mean, if you have 24 of these when it's all said and done, there's enough demand to keep them full? You'll have enough teachers and stuff like that? We have nearly 2,000 staff at this point. Uh, and, you know, there, we pick up 400 kids a year. Uh, it's just growing like crazy. We have three schools on the drawing board right now. So there are no shortage of employees who, whether they're young or they're at just a different point in life, uh, would be ready to jump into these if they existed. Again, so the goal is, uh, and last, that you guys don't want to really spend any money. You're looking for other people to invest in this. That would be our, our, our true desire, is that, again, we tie up as little taxpayer resources as possible. We invite private investors in, and we fix two problems at once. Would it not make more sense, though? I mean, okay, because we're getting calls from teachers out in Vail that are listening right now, and they're talking to Ryan, and they're saying, we'd rather have money than have the, the school district pay for tiny houses. Um, and if people really can't, I mean, 24 of these versus thousands of employees that maybe would need them, I mean, would, would the energy be better spent by you guys in the Vail School District for literally trying to get people and convince them to come down and build a, you know, a big apartment complex versus investing in 24 tiny houses? We work, ultimately, the legislature sets the, the direction of, of, where, of where teacher salaries go, truthfully, what the guys in yeah. Phoenix do. And we lobby them constantly. We work on our relationships with that. And our local representatives are really good about working with us on that. Uh, we also work really hard. Our developer community has been very supportive of us in that way. Uh, you know, part of good government, Garrett, is trying to pull the levers that you can pull. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, so we, are you you're not getting a lot of you know a lot of people biting at the idea of building an apartment complex? Uh, you know, truthfully, um, I, I'm not sure about that. <clears throat> there are other you know, there's another employee that works on that particular question. But if you look around here, it's all housing development, single family homes. 
uh, for Raytheon employees, for other folks. Yeah. You know, we got Caterpillar families moving in. So I don't blame the developers. They go in the direction that makes the most sense for them economically. We're hoping we can attract somebody who's creative and interesting and, and wants to do something a little different. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, thank you for, uh, for coming on and answering these questions. I know it's, it's kind of a dilemma and you know, you guys have good schools down there and you want to be able to keep the teachers at the same time. It's, I, I know it's you thinking out of the box. It's just one of these random things where it's like, all of a sudden, you know, we don't want government in healthcare. We don't want government in this and that all of a sudden it's like, wait, who's going to pay for this? What's going to happen? <laughs> so that's why I wanted to get the information out there that, you know, you guys would more, more, you guys would much more prefer having private investors come in and somebody listening go i'll pay for 24 you know tiny homes boom doesn't cost you guys anything teachers get a little house to live and then and you call it a day yeah we need to draw someone said i'll pay for one house if someone wants to just kind of dip their toes in the rental market here's a real easy way to do it we'd love to talk to you truthfully uh in that way and again garrett come out to Dale. come visit us I, I think you'd like to see a public school system that works we do and we work really well by the way is this you know popular down there what, what does the Vale community think about this idea uh, we're, we're pretty split, truthfully. The, the story that came out in the Star generated a lot of commentary. I, I think a lot of folks just don't know, the, aren't, aren't informed on all the nuances of the issue and what we're really trying to do here. We're not trying to co-opt anything. We're just trying to fix the problem. I gotcha. All right. Matt, thank you for the time this morning, and I really appreciate, uh, appreciate you and your wife listening for so long. Uh, uh, if anything happens in the future, please uh, be in touch with me, and then we'll be in touch with you, okay? Thank you, sir, very much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. How about that? 880-KNST, 880-5678, if you'd like to uh, chime in on that and give your opinion about these these tiny homes. I mean, it, it's a tough situation. It's not something you're used to, uh, and you're used to hearing about the idea of a, a whole, uh, you know, a 24 tiny home community. Um, but what do you do if you want to keep the teachers? I don't think there's anything malicious behind this, but, uh, you know, it's just it's something you're not used to. So anyway, 880-KNST. 8805678 we'll continue with your reaction in 5 KNST AM 792 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Leading talk. 734 very quickly cuz I went along the interview. Mindy, thank you for waiting. I wanted to get you in before the break. Welcome to KNST. Hello. Hello? Hi Mindy, hi. Welcome to KNST. Hi, how are you? Good. What's happening? Oh, uh, well, I'm on my way to work right now. So, how Okay. Are you? Good. So what what's your comment? <laughs> um, so my comment was with regards to the Vail small houses and things like that, um, I actually uh, live out in Vail. I'm a homeowner in Vail. Um, uh, I am a former uh, uh, teacher out in Vail. Um, and, you know, I, I, commend the, uh, I commend the district for kind of the outside of the box thinking with regards to the, the teacher shortage. Mm-hmm. However, I think there's a lot more questions than answers. Um, right now, um, and there are still some things that are concerning me um, with regards to um, this issue. Specifically, you know, the the property tax. I mean, I pay my property tax out here in Dale, and I have we have an override campaign to help the school district. We also have a uh, our override tax that we pay. We also have a bond tax that we pay. And, and and gladly so. I mean, my my kids have benefited from from bail. Um, but my concern is my tax dollars are still going to be paying for the Wi-Fi and the water and the electricity that these little tiny homes are going to be on. Um, I also am concerned, you know, as a homeowner, what is this going to do 
if anything, to values of homes. See, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the area where it's going to be. It's like all of a sudden, this random plot of land in the middle of downtown Vale. Is it cool? To me, it's like it's like a, an upgraded mobile home park because you know, <laughs> you know, you don't want to live in a mobile home park. You don't want that around you. It's not good for the value of your homes. No offense to mobile home parks, but these are you know, these, these are mobile homes dressed up to be tiny little houses. Right, and and also too, and and again. I commend the um, the district for trying to to find that out outside of the box thinking um, with regards to the, the teacher shortage. My my job, I work directly with with new teachers in helping them um, with recruitment and retention to stay to stay in the teaching profession. And we work, uh, I work side by side with them to to really help and support them. And having a place to live in a district that they work really isn't, is the least of their worries. They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to find resources for their students. They're trying to have materials in their classroom. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, living in a tiny home is really the least of their worries. And again, you know, the legislature is the one who holds purse strings. So it's vitally important that we that yes, we do. We pay our teachers um, a, a livable wage salary. Um, you know, I'm glad. You know, I mean, again, I'm I'm mixed on. I'm totally mixed on the, this thing. I think again, I think it's a great, you know, outside of the box thinking. But I am. There are a lot more answers than. Um, and, I, and thank you. And I'm running short on time. I hope people out there ask them. And we're going to do more on this. I want more of your reaction. I have more things to say about this too because I remember, you know, I. It's not a surprise that teachers don't get paid that much, but there's a lot of people that don't get paid that much. And I didn't realize driving 30 minutes is like the end of the world. We'll get to that coming up in five years, Fox. All right, let's do 745. I am a little bit late. I apologize, but, you know, there's just good stuff. There's good stuff going on this morning. Um... 880-KNST, 880-5670. We'll even skip the three things just because I want to get to it. Uh, and real quick, in this story, by the way, in the local paper, no, 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 just hang on. Uh, the teacher they, they profiled from the Vale School District was complaining that she used to live uh, further away in a nice place, nice apartment, have to drive 40 minutes to work. Now she lives in a shadier area uh, off of 22nd and has to drive 20 minutes. And I'm thinking, again, people, you know what? If you want to live in a nicer place, sometimes you have to drive. Ryan drives 35 minutes to work every day. I do. I don't live around the corner. Thank God, because I've seen the people in this I used to live parking lot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, listen, I didn't realize all of a sudden driving more than 20 minutes or 30 minutes is like the end of the freaking world. Holy crap, man. This is when teachers start to aggravate me. Anyway, uh, let's go to Lauren real fast. Lauren, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hello, Lauren. Oh, oh the whole time. That's too bad. She's Her question was, who you forgot to ask who owns the tiny houses. They want the investors to own the tiny houses. That's it. Nancy, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hello, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Ah, I'm doing okay. Go right. kiss. I but got you. I, you know, I am tired. I've got a couple points. I am tired of the teachers whining. Yes. They have, they've been doing this forever. They get into this profession knowing that they're not going to get paid well. Um, I would love to work for just nine months. Thank um, you. Thank for you. The pay. They, yeah. they make they make more money than I do for 12 months. And I work for the state, and I have a pretty important job, too. I work, um, I'm assistant for a judge, mm -hmm. and we haven't gotten paid for 13, 14 years because I think the governor doesn't think um, 
we need to have it because the teachers and everyone else is more important. You mean a pay raise? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I make enough to probably put, hopefully put chow on the table and pay for some bills in my house. And I travel 50 minutes to an hour to get to work. Um, so... It's just um, I know, I'm tired of hearing about. I, I'm with you. Listen, I my I have family members that that you know retired teachers. My best friend's wife's a teacher, and I joke around and say you get paid pretty well for working nine months. You get pretty yeah. sweet benefits for doing that. And I remember, uh, all you know, it was before. Apparently, it was looked down upon for some reason. I remember teachers used to actually have summer jobs. They used to work at department stores, do other things for the other yeah. three months. They have they yeah. literally have. I know I know some teachers that literally sit around on their butts during the summertime. They, they do not. Exactly. You can go get a job. You can go. There's nothing that says you can't work right. at a restaurant. You know what? I did it. Nothing that says you can't do it either. Right. If you're complaining, you don't get paid enough. Yeah. You get three months off. Yeah, I remember my teacher, my teachers working for the three months that they have off. And when I'm working, you know, 12, uh, it ends up being almost 12 hours a day with travel. Um, when am I going to have a second job? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to work um, for another job for, you know, eight hours or five hours, whatever it may be, and never be home. So I know. Listen, you know what? I, I love teachers, but, the, you know, when all of a sudden people say that their job is the most important thing and most difficult thing, and it's not easy. you got to deal with a bunch of kids or teenagers, then you got to deal with parents, and you get frustrated. Right. But guess what? Yeah. You do that in every freaking job. There are frustrations I have every single day here at this job. Whoa. And you know exactly. Sorry, Ryan, I didn't think you were listening. So anyway, there And were, you know what? Yes. I'm scared. I want to say one more thing. Sure. You know, when, when teachers um, teach kids about transgender and let them be trans, transgender... Um, transgender? Transgender? Is, yeah. I mean... You know, I, I want to know that for the nine months that that's okay, what do these kids do for the three months that they're off? You know, they, do they have to go back to their... Um, oh, whatever gender they know? want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, depends what, you know, however it works for them. <laughs> whatever they want to do. Hey, uh, Nancy, yeah. thank you very much. Listen, I, I think that you are, are uh, you know, sensing the frustration as well. And there are a lot of teachers I do understand. And they go, yeah, you know, nine months, I get it. It's there. Uh, you know, two months in the summertime straight off, they get, you know, a couple weeks in December. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. You know, you don't, well, and I, I take work home. So do the rest of us. You grade some papers. I get it. I get it. You don't think that we take work home for goodness sakes. I mean, the people here at this radio station, they know going in, you're not going to make a, a crap ton of money. You know, they, they, it's just, I didn't find that out to like 15 years down. the Well, road. that's your problem. I don't do this. Just because I love it. Anyway, uh, Jim, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hi, Carrot. This is Jim. How are you? Good, Jim. What's happening, man? Good. I've got a magazine in my hand that the boys get. It's called Popular Mechanics, and they had a feature at the very back page called Stupid or Amazing, and Tiny Houses Made the Stupid. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> it, uh, I don't know. There's no value in, in these. It's, it's just a fad. It yeah. seems to be that way. I don't know. I, I watched. Have you ever seen that show on HGTV, Tiny Houses? Yes. I mean, I look at it and I think these people are nuts. Well, one of the quotes in the article is the American dream is not to be found in a house so small that you can prepare dinner while sitting on the toilet. Well, that, you know what? Thank you. You know? Uh, but I, that's why, and thank you for the phone call. That's why I don't understand capitalism. We're free market, we're America. 
Oro Valley has apartment complexes popping up, uh, you know, like like wildfires. And, and I'm like, who who is moving in there? Is there a demand for that? Maybe there is. I don't know. And then I'm like, all right, in Vail, where there actually is demand, why doesn't somebody build it? They, you know, and to me, I'm like, all right, are they secretly not wanting? Because do people really, some people don't want apartment complexes in their community. And that's fine. But be honest. I don't know. We'll continue. Uh, we got this. We got to make fun of Jeff Flake. Don't go anywhere. 751, it's KNST. All right, 808, it's your morning ritual. How you doing? KNST AM 792, Sons, most stimulating talk. Of course, Gary Lewis here. I mean, it's what you do. It's your morning ritual. This is what you listen to. This is what you do. I know there are three things I think you need to know. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot. There's actually a, there's like 17 things, but I have to whittle it down to three. And I'm glad that you actually depend on my opinion to tell you what I think is the most important. What is wrong with you? I mean, really. Uh, no, number one, President Trump is uh, is going to announce in a little less than three hours that uh, he is going to move our embassy uh, in Israel from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He is, unlike Bush, unlike Obama, who is a joke, they all say they're going to do it. He's doing it, and it's a big deal. It is a huge deal to move our embassy uh, to the capital of Israel. And I love how the terrorists in the Middle East are like, stop, that's the red line, now we're going to be terrorists. And it's like, you already are terrorists. Anyway, it's going to take a few years to get a new one built and where to go, but it, he's doing it. He's going to announce it today. Uh, good for President Trump, keeping another promise. Second thing that I think you need to know, uh, Senator Jeff Flake, I mean, what a boob. What a, what, a, what a maroon. He decides to show that he's tough country over party. Dude, you're, you're like a dead man walking. Like, bye. I mean, you're, you, you, he's gone. And he's not running because he knows nobody likes you. And people like you even worse when you start doing these dumb things. He decides to write a check for $100. Like, wow. $100. Donating it to the liberal Democrat in the Alabama race, Doug Jones, because he hates Roy Moore and Trump so much. So that's what he did. Yes. And he writes, he takes a picture of it and puts it on Twitter. You thought that was going to do something for you, man? Really? Holy smokes. Uh, third thing, I think you need to know, uh, and this is a this is a big one. I, I put this on my Facebook page. Uh, like and follow my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gary Lewis Radio. Uh, winning continues. U.S. private sector adds more jobs than expected in November. And then funny again, that you, that seems to be the theme in the, every month, doesn't it? More jobs than expected. Yet when Obama was there, it was always less, fewer than expected, fewer than anticipated. Uh, there you go. Added a hundred employ according to ADP employers added 190,000 jobs expectations, 185,000 in October, 235,000 were added. Um, uh, Mark Zandi chief economist at Moody's analytics said, quote, the job market is red hot, broad based job gains across industries and company sizes. The only soft spots are in industries being disrupted by technology, brick and mortar retailing best, uh, best, uh, being the best example. Uh, well, that's obvious. You have the internet now. So there you go. The economy is roaring along, and the uh, the media never wants to talk about it or give credit. Three things I think you need to know. Now, also, we had the, the guy on from Vail School District. He was very nice, big listener, and I appreciate that, he and his wife. Uh, it's trying to explain why it's a good idea. And I get it. Vail School District apparently having trouble keeping teachers, I guess, because, you know, teachers don't make that much money. They make, you know, not like other people, by the way, make a crap ton. I mean, there are other jobs that make comparable salaries to teachers. But apparently, uh, at the Vail School District, they're like, we need to make our teachers happy. We don't want them to drive very far. There are no apartment complexes, apparently, in all of Vail, which I find baffling, considering there's major demand for it. Uh, they say, teachers can't afford housing. We have a big plot of land. 
We want we're either we're going to pay for it, but we'd rather have private investors come in and uh, buy these little tiny houses. We want to put up to twenty four in this little little spot. Is that really going to work? Twenty four. So if you get twenty four teachers, twenty four employees, you have hundreds and hundreds of people that work in the school district that probably could use that or live in a more affordable area. Twenty four. Anyway, I just cringe at the idea of government school districts. By the way, getting involved in home building and things like that. Um, and, and people are very outspoken about it. Very outspoken about it. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Monica first. Monica, welcome to KNST. Hello, Monica. Good morning, Garrett. How, How you are doing? you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I actually have to get to class really soon, but I've been <clears throat> following your, your, um, show. Yes. Thank you. And I really think that the whole house is a pretty terrible idea. Um, I'm a first-year teacher. I had I have four degrees, including a master's Holy in business. Holy smokes. Yes. And do you know how hard it was for me to get a job as a teacher? I've actually even applied to Vail. And um, I actually finally, with the luck of God, got a job at a small Eastside charter school, which I love. And um, the pay, I think, is fine. It's five, And I take home about $1,040 every two weeks. And as long as I live within my means, it's not a problem. But I think if you, if the school district really wants to gain valuable and qualified candidates, they need to think outside of the box by who they hire. Um, I'm a former executive. I became a mom, a stay-at-home mom. I was bored. And being coming a teacher has made me, you know, a better person and a better mom. And I know there's other people that have been entertaining this idea of becoming a teacher because it's perfect for someone in my situation. But it's just so hard to get a certificate, or a certificate, a certificate because the process is kind of confusing. So they should really set up a pathways program where they find people like me, who obviously apply, and show them this is what you need to do. The interim certificate is so easy to get. Um, but you have to take these 10 classes at, like, Pima. And the, the program cost costs about $5,600. So I can see that maybe that's a good way to say, hey, we'll pay for your certificate process as long as you stay at our school for, like, two or three years. That's a, a lot better way than, I think, to provide a small house. And who's to say this rent is going to be cheap? You know, well, that, you know, nobody knows what the rent is going to be. If it's a fifty thousand dollar home, and you can charge five hundred bucks. They, it says here the district is looking at several different financing options, including a scenario in which the district would take out a loan to buy the tiny houses and charge rent of five hundred to six hundred dollars, not including utilities. And I'm thinking, so again, the school district wants to take out a loan. They're going to be in the landlord business, which I don't think the school district is supposed to be. But okay, so you're married. Right, I'm. I am married. Okay, because what they're saying though is that it's hard for single people. Like, what if you were on your own, earning thirty two grand a year? You know, I could see the struggle there, but you can also get a room. You know, if you if you have no kids, no spouse, you can roommate with someone. You know, there's room. Yeah. You can find a roommate and you know rent a room. Uh, you can. I mean, there's always things you can do, right? And, or drive. Or and that, drive. That's that's what I say. Because again, the girl in this in this thing says she, you know, she was driving forty. She had a nice apartment. Was driving forty minutes. She didn't want to drive that far, so she has kind of a, a, a seedy apartment in a seedier area, but only has to drive twenty minutes. Well, she She's chose spoiled. to do that. She well, she no, she chose to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, she chose to only drive twenty minutes and live in kind of a seedy area. Listen, I chose to go to Waco, Texas, for my yes. break. I chose to go do this and live in a five hundred square foot apartment. 
You know, I, I just I'm baffled by the fact that nobody we have so much development going on right now and so many investors and people building things. How can they not say there's demand here? I can make a crap ton of money. I'm going to build an apartment complex. That's true. And, you know, I do know a little bit about the whole discrimination thing, and it's mm. not considered a um, protected clause because you can't discriminate on age, sex, or gender, you know, that kind of thing. And because I was working with something on veterans, and you know how they have those apartment complexes that are only for veterans? Yeah. Like, so it'll be okay to discriminate based on their occupation because it's not a protected clause. Wow, so, it's so they just, can. It'll okay. be okay. Okay, so, so, so I mean, if somebody's like, hey, I want to get that, are you an employee of Vail School District? No, I work at, you know, Walmart. Yeah, it wouldn't be discrimination okay. on the protected classes, which is the oh, big thing. Interesting. So, Very cool. Yeah. Hey, but anyway, thank you for thank the you. show. I appreciate and I it. Hope, I hope that they really take this seriously and look outside the box as to who they're hiring, too. I mean, to, I mean, a person out of college with no really life experience, I mean, or maybe find somebody who's experienced, maybe not in children, but adults can be like children. So if you can manage adults, <laughs> you know, you can, I, I'm doing fine as a teacher. I mean, this is easy. Awesome. Well, so well you know, like, real quick, real, you were an executive. You have four degrees, master's degree. You decided to do this because I guess you were bored. Um, now, people like me tell teachers to stop whining because you know what you got into when you complain that you don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Are you a teacher that you agrees? Are, you are absolutely right. And matter of fact, there's teachers here that whine over the littlest things. And, you know, there's people like that in all, you know, yes. career fields. Yes. But you can't let that 1% dictate everybody's thought of teachers because there's great teachers. But if those people are miserable, what I tell them is find a different job. There you go. Because if you don't love what you do, you're going to suck at it. Exactly. Hey, Monica, thank you for listening. Thanks for your opinion. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Well, she said it like it is. She's an anti-teacherite. She's a self-loathing anti-teacherite. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's go to Ben. Ben, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hello, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I'm going to agree with a little bit of what she said and disagree to some degree. Hmm. Um, I have also had a couple different uh, careers. I have not had all the degrees, but um, you know, I've done working with mentally ill and mentally retarded. I was in business for 15 years, and now I'm a teacher. And I would have to say this is probably by far the most challenging of the careers I've had in dealing with people and pay and everything else. And um, I'm a single dad, so you know, I can't go choose to have a roommate. Yeah, because you know, I have to look out for my daughter. She's going to need her own room because she's a daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, so the pay is not great. I think it's not so much that it's low pay; is it's low pay based off of what we do for society. You know, I I, I, I get that, but that's just not how the free market works. You know, I mean, I, I get what you know. You get people can say I do the most important thing. I mean, why not then say police officers should get paid more than anybody else? And why not? You know, say that uh, somebody that stocks food you need to eat gets paid more. I mean, you could say, well, I do so much for society. I get it, but the, the, here's the bottom line is that there are a plethora of people that want to become teachers. So the, you know, the, the, the salary is not, is, is not skyrocketing because there's just a mass amount of people to choose from. Um, there might be, but I would have to disagree on some of that because mm-hmm. most of the districts down here are lacking science and math teachers. I'm actually pulling a six-fifth schedule because we're, we're we're lacking teachers, and they did last year's as well. So, so they mean, can't they can't find people. So okay, uh, well, let me ask you this: You did all that other work. Why do you want to become a teacher? Uh, because I like working with kids, and I like teaching. I did. Um, I was a corporate uh, trainer in my last job, sure. 
And so I, I transitioned to into teaching kids instead of adults. Uh, I know. And listen, if you manage adults, sometimes it's like managing children, too. Trust it me. Is. I've seen it. it uh, I see it every day in this place. Um, now, I, I know you can say you're underpaid for what society, but again, that's not what, you know, you're not... You're not paid on that. I mean, you, you could argue that what you do is much more important than what a professional athlete does, but the thing is they generate a, a crap ton of money. And, you know, you get paid on supply and demand and how much money you generate. That's just right. that's just the way it is. Right. Now, I mean, I went into the career understanding this. So, I mean, I don't complain about it in that sense, and I don't I don't go around complaining about money. I just I just look at it, gee, it would be nice if it was more. Oh, of course. We all say that. Do you, what right. do you do in the summertime when you're off? Do you have a second job? Yeah, actually, I teach kids to swim. Okay. Well, listen, so, a lot, a lot, listen, again, I know some teachers that literally sit on their butt and play video games. Yeah. So I'm like, don't, don't complain. You can, no, nobody says you can't go, go get another job. I mean, if I got fired from this, I would do whatever I had to to make sure I could feed my kids. So. Right. I mean, because I'm doing the six-fifths, and between the six-fifths schedule, you know, because I teach an extra class, I average 10 to 12 hours a day. And, you know, the weekends are, as you said, grading and stuff like that. You go into it knowing that. And then during the summer, you know, you're doing professional development. And like in my case, because I have the kid, you know, you are, you're pulling that extra job. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you all, everybody wishes they can make more money. I think everybody thinks they're worth more money. I think I'm worth more money, uh, but it's, you know, what, what is my employer willing to pay? What am I willing to accept? That's, right. that's just how it is. So, right. uh, listen, but you get a lot of self-satisfaction, right? I'm sorry, say again? You get a lot of self-satisfaction. I mean, you, you enjoy yeah. what you do. Yeah, when a kid comes up to you and they tell you that you have been an influence in your life or you're like a father figure to them, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. So, you know, you're happy. Happiness. People make a lot of money and are not happy with what they do. So, yeah. uh, listen, hey, Ben, thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking my time. You got it. Take care. Uh, I mean, my wife took his time. <laughs> Stop it. It's funny. I, 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 my wife says to me, uh, you know, you're lucky. You, you love what you do. Now, I... The good thing is nobody that works for this company actually listens to this show because that could hurt me in the negotiations because they can go, hey, you really like what you do, so why don't you take a little bit less? And I would never do that. But I am lucky that I, the hours stink. I've had to sacrifice and live in smaller places and make very little money. I mean, when I first got my, you know, first in radio, when I first got hired part-time, I mean, I, <laughs> I was making less than fourteen grand a year working 60 hours a week. You had to sacrifice. It's what I did. I know. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you how it is. So I've done it, and I work on it. And some people, a lot of people on radio, they don't want to do that. So they, they think they want to be on the radio or be on TV, and then they decide to go do something else where they can have a better life, and they think and make more money. and what I get it. They don't want to move. I get it. But it, you do whatever you want to do. That's it. All right. I, I'll see you later. I know you. my dream job. Yeah, which is sitting home playing video games. No. <laughs> Don't say it. I won't say it. They don't it. get shout-outs. <laughs> it's not your dream job. How do you know? Because I know it's not your dream job. You know what my wife's dream job is? Porn star. No. What? I wish. Uh, to work at a certain uh, uh, department store that has a big red circle as their emblem and just cash people out all day. Like, and not worry about anything. Go to work, do a shift, talk to the customers. What, what is this, office space? I, you know I, what? I want to just sit back and I want to worry about it. I got bills. I don't want to pay those things. I don't want to do this. I, don't I love do to that. pay bills. I love paying bills. You love giving away your money, huh? No. I love paying for the things I purchase. Okay, there you go. Well, there's there's one. I'll get more of your comments. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Also, what do you think about Jeff Lake uh, acting like a complete buffoon, thinking it's going to be a smart, thinking it's going to be real smart. He's the George Costanza of politicians. 
He, yes, a cheap man. I'm giving you $100 to win. <laughs> he donates a liberal guy. All right, we'll get, come back. More of your reaction coming up. Don't go anywhere. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Morning Ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. talk. Yes, thank you. 830. Uh, Going to be about 69 today. And a lot of reaction, again, about this whole situation with the tiny homes. Um... Uh, you know, if that community wants to do it, that's that's fine. I like this one. Hey, two words for Vail Unified School District, Bob Zachmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I like that. I put that down earlier. Did you? Oh, I didn't want to look at what you were writing because you usually write curse words because you want me to say them and then I get fired. Um, Who wants that? Uh, that means I have to do more work. Ugh. Uh, I got this one. Uh, this guy thinks that the people of Vail, the Vail school, district, Vail school District is full of it. Vail teachers are paid terribly. My wife is a teacher in Vail, and I get it from her and all of her buddies. Nothing worse, by the way, than the wife complaining about all that. Oh, God. And her buddies. Not, I'm, not, I'm not speaking of experience. I can only imagine what it would be like if your wife is complaining about her work all the time. If the Vail board wanted to help young teachers, he writes, they would pay better instead of putting their money into these dopey houses. And that's the only thing. Like I told you in the story from the local paper, if they can't get investors, and who's going to, if they, nobody's, and it's a smaller investment than building an apartment complex, but um, I'm just wondering, uh, again, the school would actually buy these and then rent them out. They would take out a loan. That's weird. And I don't know if they can pay more. I don't, they say the starting salary, average salary, whatever, is 36 grand. Um, and I get this. Uh, TUSD pays much better, and with their terrible leadership, many of the Vail trained teachers end up going to that school district. Hmm. It's all about control, my friend, he writes, and the Vail superintendent is a big leftist, and I don't need to define that for you. Thanks for, thanks for exposing his stuff. Uh, and there you go. And then he wrote a fake name that I won't say. So anyway, 880-KNST, 880-5678. Maybe we should get Bill Gates to invest out there. Bill, his oh, autonomous his, home. His, his, his autonomous city. In his smart community or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With random, yeah, self-driving everything, self-doing everything, and blah, blah. The, listen, the only, the only thing that I would want that is self-anything in my home, bidet. That's it. And here's the news. What is that? Is that wrong? If you can avoid that area entirely, it's my area. If you, it doesn't matter, that area should be avoided at all costs. Whether it's you and your own area or someone else, there, it, that should be avoided. If, if the only thing that I want autonomous, I don't want a car. I don't want somebody. No, I, I want that. That should be the only thing that you don't. <laughs> I went to Hawaii with my wife uh, a, a year and a half ago, and the hotel had his first time I ever used one. I was totally against him until I tried it, and I'm like, oh, uh, oh, you know it's true. I'm getting people saying that they uh, they should put tiny homes on the El Conquistador golf course. Oh, the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Charge it some rent. That's all our valenties. They, they could be the landlords of that. That'll work out really well with that genius mayor and council they have up there. Thanks, all right. Thank you very much. All right. So so we have uh, we have so much to get to. Uh, Jeff Flake. We got more sound bites of Jeff Flake uh, talking about sticking up for DACA children, calling them children. They're kids. They're this, they're that. Uh, and, uh, and, and of course, again, we'll make fun of his, and we'll get a reaction to this, but also we have to get to Jeff Flake and his, uh, awesome hundred dollar donation to the Doug Jones campaign. What a, what a genius. 
We'll continue in about uh, six. Here's the latest from Fox. It's, it's something like that because he's it's okay. Again, he's the kind of guy that would uh, go into a restaurant and say, "I'd like the uh, like fries with extra ranch and a diet coke." Genius. Uh, anyway, third thing I think you need to know. Apparently, job market is uh, it's red hot according to Mark Zandi. I have this on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it if you want good stuff. Uh, apparently, 190,000 jobs added. I love this. U.S. private sector adds more jobs than expected in November. Oh, they all hate, don't they? 190,000 expecting apparently 185,000. Um, it says here that uh, small businesses added 50,000 positions. That's fewer than 50 employees. Medium businesses added 99,000 jobs. People are investing. They're taking chances. Large companies, 41,000 jobs added. There you go. Man, oh, man. Mark Zandi, Moody's Analytics, says the job market is red hot. Red hot. Wonder why that is. Uh, all right, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to uh, Flake in just a second. Uh, Aaron, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to KNST. Hello. Good morning, Garrett. How are you? Good. What's happening, brother? All right. So this whole thing about having to take years to build an embassy in Jerusalem. Yes. We own the land. We own the land. We have the plan. We've had the plan for decades. We've had presidents that have made the promise to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Hmm. It just hasn't happened. It's already in, in place. I'm looking at the map right now. It's right off of Severone Avenue. It's in a prime spot of Jerusalem, overlooking the, the uh, old city. Uh, we, we have the land. And the, the problem is, in the past, they didn't want to raise tensions with the Arab neighbors. Now, again, hang on. Before you any further, I've met you. Uh, you were an IDF soldier. You were part of, you know, you were in Israel. You were a soldier, I, right? I did. Yeah, I was. I, I joined the IDF because of a, a, a bombing that I witnessed. I was part of the... Uh, Let's call it in English the Border Patrol. Um, it was, a, you know, I was right there. I walked the land every day. Everybody knew that this piece of land was going to be the future home of the American embassy. Okay, let me, let me get to this. Okay, Bush promised it. <clears throat> of course, never came through. Obama said it, and we knew he was lying. Uh, Trump said he would do it in the campaign. Now he's doing it. But it says here in a story that I see uh, on Breitbart, um, an official said that uh, it, it requires, uh, a de- they have to develop a plan, uh, and it's got to be paid for, and they say it would practically, it'd be practically impossible to move the embassy tomorrow. It'll take time. Uh, they have to find a site, address security concerns, design a new facility, fund a new facility, and then build it. Under Bush uh, the W, there, there was already a plans in place. I know this uh, because of Meetings that I was at in an unofficial capacity with congressmen and uh, senators from the United States um, at the time. This hmm. was back in the early 2000s. Well, the, uh, there, there was the uh, Jerusalem Embassy Act, and it's passed 10 successive Congresses since 1995. So every two years they vote on this. We want to move it to Jerusalem. And so it, Congress has already voted to pass it, but I don't know if there's any funding attached. That, so the, the land is owned by the United States of America. It is our land. Um, as far as I knew, there were plans in place to build the mm. embassy. Um, and all that needed to happen was for a president to say, this is the official capital of Israel. Okay, so what do you, I mean, 
what's your take then? Why do you think they're going to wait so long and stuff like that? Politics, politics, politics. All right. And, you know, I, I laugh at the fact that these terrorists now, the Palestinians and others, are like, this is it. Can't do this. I mean, it's not like they can act any worse. They, they can't. I, I've witnessed too many terrorist attacks to to, say, to to even listen to their, oh, we're going to stop our, ter- or we're going to have peace because you're not moving your embassy to, to Jerusalem. Now, okay, that, it, okay, and if people, if people are listening right now, you were an IDF soldier, you're Jewish just like I'm Jewish, I know I've met you. Why is this so important? Is, is, Jerusalem is the capital yep. of Israel. The mm-hmm. entire government functions out of the, the uh, out of Jerusalem. The only thing in Tel Aviv is, is uh, the head of the military. That's the only thing. The everything else is in Jerusalem. Every department is in Jerusalem. So, besides the fact the religious aspect of it, just from a logistical aspect, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. You, you I have think that's the there, which yeah. is the uh, parliament the legislature. Yeah. You, the legislature, you have the president there, you have the prime minister there, you have the State Department there, you have every part of the Israeli government is in Jerusalem. The only thing that is in Tel Aviv is Tel Nof, which is the head of, the, the I guess, the uh, Pentagon of the, uh, the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just another example of, uh, finally, some strength, instead of kowtowing to bad people and thinking that you can actually reason with bad people and with evil, somebody's saying, I don't give a crap of what you say, evil. You're evil to begin with, and we will crush you if we need to, but we're going to do what we think is right. Absolutely. It was from the peace talks, and, and this is a whole other talk altogether. The peace talks are only going to be peace talks when you actually have partners at the table. Exactly. We don't have any partners at the table right now. No. We don't have the Israelis. We don't have the, uh, the Arabs. Uh, it's hard for me to call them Palestinians because they did not exist. Yeah. They did not exist prior to 1948. The Palestinians were the Israelis. The Israelis, the Jewish people were known as Palestinians. I have friends, Jewish friends, with Palestinian passports because that's what they were known as prior to 1948 when the state of Israel came into being. Man, oh, man. Well, thank you for the insight on this, man. I appreciate it, Aaron. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. Take care. You too. We still have to get the Jeff Lake. That was interesting, though. Interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. By the way, did you hear about this? Remember there was a big uh, uproar like a week or two ago when Trump tweeted that uh, Theresa May over there in, in England, she's a prime minister. Hey, worry about, uh, you need to worry. Don't worry about us. Worry about your, your terrorists that you have over there because he tweeted out these videos showing Muslims, radical Muslims, killing Muslims and and beating up other people, refugees. They, these are all radical Muslims. And she started freaking out. Oh, my God, this is crazy. What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, hey, worry about yourself. You know, we're good over here. Worry about Guess what? Uh, there was apparently a plot to assassinate Theresa May, an Islamist suicide plot. Two men in court today facing charges. They were going to blow her up. Maybe you should have listened. Maybe you should have listened. All right, we're going to get to uh, Steve Bannon on Flake, Flake on Flake, Flake on DACA. Uh, it's, it's, man, there's just so much, there's so much I might, I can't even get a chance to get to. And if you missed it, we got to get to also what, uh, Regina Romero, the Tucson city council, uh, what she wants to do, which will not make anything better in Tucson, but it figures, uh, we'll get to that coming up. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Ah, yes. How's it going? How you doing? Everything good? It's Trump day. It's flying right by, isn't it? It really is. That's when you know it's good, Ryan. It's your morning ritual. 
with me, Garrett Lewis, on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. There are three things that I think you need to know. And we have to keep some stuff for tomorrow, too. My God, it's just stuff all over the place, man. Uh, number one, uh, President Trump is going to move. He's going to announce in less than two hours he's going to move our embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, keeping a promise that was made on the campaign trail. Bush promised it. He choked. I mean, uh, you have uh, Obama. He was lying. Trump's going to do it. And the terrorists are like, now we're going to be terrorists. We're like, we already knew you were terrorists, but whatever. Uh, so that's going to happen. Second thing, it's true. Second thing that I think you need to know uh, is uh, Jeff Flake. I mean, can a person do any more dumb things? Is he that stupid that he doesn't realize what he's doing is dumb or I, whatever? Uh, I mean, his book turned out to be a giant hit selling, what was it now, uh, 2,100 copies? 2135, something like that? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, more or less. Uh, a little it's bit just, less than more. Okay, there you go. Uh, uh, 2140. Oh, he sold five since the beginning of the show. Stop helping. That or there's some people yeah. out there who's like, all right, white elephant gift. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Buy it for someone you don't like. Anyway, uh, the Jeff Flake. Yeah, Jeff Flake decided to think it was a good move on his part to write out a donation check to the liberal Democrat uh, who loves abortion, doesn't like guns, likes open borders. Um uh, Doug Jones out there in Alabama taking on Roy Moore. He hates Roy Moore so much. He hates him so much that he actually donated uh, a $100 check and he took a picture of it. I mean, nothing like uh, really drawing a line in the sand. I, I want this guy to win so much. I'm going to give him $100 and I'm going to take a picture of the check and tweet about it. And I think people are going to like it. <laughs> Nobody's going to like it. Even if people like Doug Jones, you know what they're going to say? Don't you think our country is worth more than $100 to you? Like, you need this guy to win and be more. Why only $100, Jeff Flake? Picture of it is on my page at knst.com. You can see the check. You can see his tweet where the check is there and what he wrote. It's all there for you. Uh, we're going to make fun of that in a second. He gave a big speech loving amnesty as well for DACA, demanding that we, we, we come up with a solution. Anyway, third thing I think you need to know. The economy, why doesn't Jeff Flake or John McCain talk about this? The fact that jobs continue to be created, uh, and I love the haters that are out there. Whenever Obama was president, it was always, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, fewer jobs than expected were created this month. Now that Trump's there, it's always more jobs than expected were created. U.S. private sector adds more jobs than expected in November. 190,000 versus 185,000, which what was expected. Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's, big Hillary fan, so the job market is red hot. Broad-based job gains across industries and company sizes. That's pretty good stuff right there. Why do you think they're hiring? Why do you think they feel good? My goodness. All right, uh, three things I think you need to know. So the Jeff Flake uh, check is there. He wrote in the memo part, country over party. Wow, what a, what a patriot. What a patriot. So he, uh, I mean, everything. He's donating to the Democrat. He, who, who, by the way, who would keep Obamacare, keep the borders open. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. True colors coming out. Um, and he really thought that it would be good. Like, you're a generous fellow. Uh, just in case you're wondering, there's a public service announcement. If Jeff Flake asks you to go to dinner, do not go. Do not go. It's going to be uncomfortable when the check comes. He's going to demand that it's split down the middle. If you go Dutch, yeah. If your entree is fourteen dollars and his was nine, he's going to demand that you pay the extra five dollars. Why split it? Don't do it. 
Uh, however, if you do know Jeff, you can get him a tip calculator to make sure that he has his everything mapped out to the set to the penny of what he should tip someone. Right? The George Costanza of politicians. Hang on, Mike. Welcome to KNST. Hello. Garrett, I have to correct you on that. Remember, Flake is a public servant. Existentially, any money he has was made possible by you and I in the private sector. Well, there you go. We would be paying for that dinner regardless of what percentage of the tip he contributes. <laughs> uh, I stand corrected. And the same goes for McCain. Hey, Garrett, wanted to say thank you. Uh, my blood pressure is a lot lower now, so I heard the news break about the uh, Flake check. I did three things this morning that I want you to know. Number one, I just dropped 200 bucks into the More for U.S. Senate uh, campaign in Alabama. Number two, Uh. I called his office. I spoke to Adam, told him what I did, and asked him three questions that you should know. Number one, (laughs) has Flake ever demanded the resignation of Conyers or Franken yet? No. Number two, how soon can I expect a refund from Flake since he feels that I am putting politics over country by contributing to more now or that I'm some kind of a... Uh, deplorable, to quote another famous politician. Mm-hmm. How soon can I expect Flick to boycott my taxes, my contribution to his paycheck by sending me a check back? And number three, I said, how soon can I expect Flick to exercise more responsibility? There's a son that he has that I'm aware of that needs an air conditioner or two fixed. God forbid any more dogs owned by DACA recipients die in his kennel. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that last one better. stung a little bit, I think. Was there That's just was, was there just stunned silence after the third question? There was, but you know what? I was so mad. I was cursing in the office, making a New England Taylor turn red. So I thought I had Ooh. to do something. So now I feel better. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you feel better. I'm glad you feel better. And thank a you for calling. Environment yeah, in your it's, office. It's all right. What's it's, going uh, on? Again, if there's is there somebody in your office you don't like? No, but if there are any listeners out there who suffered a similar or you know semi similar experience, I would encourage you to to follow my therapeutic advice and well, follow this treatment plan. It works. Or what I'm just saying, though, is that I, you know, I got you on that, but Ryan had a great point. If there's someone you don't like, buy them the Jeff Flake book. Oh, I like that. The White, El- the white Elephant gift. Yes. Genius idea. Yes. Um, you know, maybe, however, I'll just, um, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll just. <laughs> you can use it for target practice. You can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Now that's an idea. Target yeah. practice, I'm down for that. All right. Yeah. Mike, thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thank See you, Garrett. Now, Now, hang on. It just occurred to me. Jeff Jeff Flake is a lifetime liar and hypocrite. And it's not just because he's a typical politician that says, when he's running, vote for me, I'll do this. And when he gets in office, he does something else. Jeff Flake prides himself on being against wasteful spending, right? Mm-hmm. How can you be for... How can you be against wasteful spending... When you write a $100 check to a guy that is 100% going to lose an election. Like, you are a walking, talking hypocrite. You're against wasting money. You're against money being wasted no matter what it is. Taxpayers, your own, whatever it might be. He's a taxpayer. He's wasting his own money. He just wasted $100. So I think this entire this entire facade that Jeff Flake, this entire image that Jeff Flake has created for himself... It's crumbling down because he just committed wasteful spending by donating a hundred bucks to a candidate that is going to lose and lose bigly. The real Jeff Flake is coming out. He never really was against wasteful spending. I mean, 
If he can't control his own wasteful spending, do you think that he can really control taxpayers' wasteful spending? 880-KNST, 880-5678. Follow me on Twitter, at Garrett Lewis, because I've tweeted this. Uh, I'll put this on my Facebook page, the check also, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. Like me on Twitter. It's all there. It's all there. Now, let's play uh, Jeff Flake real quick. This is what he, he's worried about. So, so hang on a second. Jeff Flake um, is uh, allegedly a Republican, but he's one, of, he's one of those corrupt Republicans. He's, he's, a, he's a big government. He's a, whatever. He's just, he is what he is. Uh, but he's for open borders. And he's for amnesty and he's for big business and he's for cheap labor. And he's for unfair trade. It's unfair to the American people that jobs get shipped out to other countries. Uh, 103, you have that. This is what Jeff Lake is worried about. He's showing his true colors. He's not worried about you and me. Remember, he did not vote for the Senate tax reform until he was guaranteed or assured that uh, he would get some kind of uh, solution. For DAC recipients. And the only solution that you could get that would be a solution would be called amnesty. So he can't even write the word amnesty. He still doesn't have enough guts to actually write for that. But he went on the Senate floor yesterday calling for it. Listen to this. I rise today with increasing concern about the uncertain future facing DACA recipients. There are nearly 800,000 DACA recipients. These are children who were brought across the border through no fault of their own years and years ago. Nearly 800,000 across the country, nearly 50,000 just in Arizona alone. Mm. Uh, children, huh? The average age of a DACA recipient is 26. These are children. These are children. Oh, yeah, they are, they are children. That's what it is. They are children. He's so worried about them. You know what he's not worried about? The border being secured. He laughed at the wall. He never wanted a wall. He, we have a soundbite we could play in the where he talks about a virtual wall. He never wanted that stuff. He doesn't care about you and me. He never even called um, uh, Brandon Mendoza, Marianne Mendoza, when, when her son was killed, the Mace police officer killed by an illegal alien driving the wrong way on four different highways in Phoenix. He never called. He doesn't care about her, but he cares about illegals. Tell you that. Tell you that. Let's play the next one, 104. He describes DACA people. Listen to this. These individuals who seek, uh, who we seek to help are students, employees, colleagues, and friends. They know no other home but the United States. They have embraced the values of hard work and perseverance, and in really? turn, their communities have embraced them as their own. Really? Uh, hard work, perseverance, yes, yes, yes. You know, 21.9% of DACA recipients are high school dropouts? He wants to flood America with more cheap labor, keep wages down. They're our friends. They're this. How do you know? Don't speak for me. How do you know? Just because your family hired a bunch of illegals to work your ranch, not my problem. Uh, let's do number 105. 105, he continued, and I'll put this video up at knst.com. Here's Jeff Flake. These kids are not just Americans kids. in their own eyes. He's saying it. They are Americans in the eyes of their friends, oh. their classmates, their teachers, and their coworkers. We all recognize these kids, kids, that they were brought here, as I mentioned, through no fault of their own. Mm. No one wants to see them deported. Uh, some people disagree with you on that. Not all of them are that way. We can play the sound bites of uh, Matt O'Brien, who ran the program that, that, that checked out the fraudulent applications. He said this DACA program was rife with fraud. Rife with fraud. It's everywhere. By the way, do you hear what he said right there, too? 
they're recognized as Americans. Hey, Jeff, do you believe in transgenderism? I mean, he must. He believes someone that really identifies as an American, even though legally they're not, is an American. So if a man says, Jeff, I'm a woman, I'm going to go into the same bathroom and dressing room and changing room as your wife, you can have a problem with that? Because they identify as a woman. I mean, you just have to believe it, right, Jeff? 106, here we go, 106. Uh, Jeff Lake, more of it, here we go. As leaders of a nation of immigrants, mm. we need to work together it, and deliver a chance. We're a nation of citizens. We're a nation of legal residents. I'm not an immigrant. Are you an immigrant? Uh, go back a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. We need to work together and deliver a chance for them to have a bright future. We need workable legislation that can realistically be passed and signed into law. We don't need to make a statement. We need to make a law. There is a law, and they broke the law. So you want to make another law? They broke the law, Jeff. Isn't Jeff making a statement by saying this? Uh, Great point. Just saying. Last one. Here we go. Um, 107. Here we go. Jeff Lake. There are many challenges facing us with regard to immigration, but protecting these young people should not be one of those challenges. This should be the easy lift. Really? Mr. President, I hope that we can all work together in a bipartisan way uh, to find a solution to these kids who deserve a solution. Oh, yeah. They deserve it. Do we not deserve a secure border, Jeff? Do we not deserve salaries to go up, wages to go up? Do we not deserve to be able to be protected, Jeff? Seriously. Uh, How can you be against wasteful spending when you donate to Doug Jones? When you donate to a person that you know is going to lose? You might as well light the money on fire. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Hal, thanks for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Hey, Garrett, how you doing? All right. Hey, listen, I heard that thing on Jeff Flake writing a check to yes. $100 to Doug Jones. Yes. Like the, an earlier caller, I instantly decided I am going to write a $100 check to Roy Moore, and I hope there's such a backlash in Arizona that Roy Moore gets $10,000 as a result of Jeff Flake's $100 donation. I think he's going to. And thank you. You know, and Roy Moore actually tweeted out, uh, he, he fundraised about this. He tweeted out that... Uh, uh, and I can actually get the exact tweet, but basically I, I can get it. But he basically said, uh, you know, Rhino, uh, big government, uh, open border. Senator Jeff Flake just donated to my opponent. Uh, let's get uh, grassroots people donating to me to counteract it. Apparently, it's working. Yeah, that's great. And I would urge all the good Republicans in Arizona to write a check to, to Roy Moore. There you go. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Hal. Good job. And by the way, like, why would Jeff Flake? You know what Jeff Flake's trying to do? He's trying to stick his finger in your eye. Because think about this. He's not running for re-election, so he doesn't need your approval. You know, he's not looking for people to back him, to support him, to vote for him. He is just trying to basically say, ha, 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 look at this, look at this. And he's so dumb that he didn't realize that he just inspired people to write 10 times, 100 times more in donations to Doug Jones' opponent. Did he think that all of a sudden people are going to be like, well, Jeff Flake donated Doug Jones, I will too? Did he think that? You ever, you ever just realize these people aren't as smart as they think they are? 
923. We'll continue. 880-KNST, 880-5678. What do you, where do you hear what Steve Bannon said about this? He was on stage in Alabama yesterday uh, for Roy Moore, and he went into uh, <laughs> he went into Jeff Flake. That's coming up, as well as your reaction in about uh, five. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 928-69 will be the high today. Stop it. What? Stop it. What's it going to be Mind tonight? Gutter. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. Uh, by the way, if you missed the interview I had with the uh, Matt, Matt Federoff uh, with the Vail Independent School District, Vail Unified School District, I should say. Uh, Ryan will put it up on my iHeartRadio channel. Yes, I will. iHeartRadio.com. Just search Garrett Lewis. Or if you have the iHeartRadio app, you just search Garrett Lewis. Ryan will put it up there probably by, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock, something like that, along with the entire show. And um, You know, you might even want to put like the his interview and then like, after that, like a good hour or so to hear people's reaction to it. Do you want to do my job? Sorry. I'm a control I, freak. I'm a I control freak. I'm a control freak. Can I just do my job? I'm a control freak. I'm going to go. Thank you. All right. Before <laughs> I uh, before we get to your calls, let's just play the couple of quick uh, sound bites from Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is on stage last night in Alabama with Roy Moore, and he brings up Jeff Flake because even he's like, God, how stupid is this guy? Like, again, wait, you really think this is going to work out for you? You know, it's like if somebody has this idea, I really thought it was really going to be good to serve like fried chicken along with peanut butter. Like, I don't know why it didn't work. Exactly. You look at me that face. Same, same. That's the same face people made when they saw Jeff, Lex, uh, Jeff Lake's tweet with a check. Anyway, here's Steve Bannon on stage because it just makes no sense. That's the point. Here is uh, Steve Bannon uh, making fun of Jeff Lake. Here we go. Let's talk about Jeff Flake. Did he sign a check today? One hundred dollars. To Jones, right? He, what do you say? Put put country ahead of party. G- g- come on, brother. If you're gonna write a check, write a check. Nah. Right? <laughs> Don't give the man a hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, uh. Are you, uh, hey, Flake. This is why your approval rating in your home stays like eleven percent. Yeah. You're, you're, no, no, no. Costanza. No, 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 no. Man, you're a total embarrassment. If you're going to write a check, write a check. Support somebody. Oh, one more. <laughs> I'm telling you. That scene from Christmas Vacation, it's, it's the Christmas season. Christmas Vacation, when the grandparents came in and she looks at Johnny, little Johnny Galecki, the actor, and he, he played Russ. Ooh, I have this burr on the bottom of my foot. It's a big burr, and if you rub that out, ooh, I have a shiny quarter for you. That's the same thing. It's the same, Jeff Flake. He's the grandmother with the burr on her foot. Uh, all right, one more from Steve Bannon. Here we go. The silent majority, the deplorables, they're not comfortable, and they will not accept America's decline. They're going to fight tooth and nail. And Senator Flake, the reason you're 11% in your own state and Kelly Ward was beating you by 27 points is that you don't get that. You know, all this stuff about Jeff Flake, Jeff Flake, Kelly Ward would have beaten you by 25 to 27 points. I don't hear about Jeff Flake. He could have gone to be a better candidate against a Democrat. You had no chance of winning. That's why you stepped down. Good for him. All right, really quick. Wayne, thank you for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Hey, Garrett. How are you? All right. What's happening, man? This, this thing was... Uh... Laplace segments here has been pretty fun. I, I just wanted to give a plea to Jeff Flake. I, Senator Jeff Flake. I want to use that title because he doesn't get to keep it very much longer. Okay. But Senator Jeff Flake, please, please dig deep 
and give as many contributions to Democrats publicly as you possibly can <laughs> over the next few years. We want you to, well, since you're not going to have access to any more government funds or taxpayer money, maybe you should reduce your checks to 10 bucks. But still, find as many causes for the Democrats as you possibly can. Post it all over Facebook. Let us know how you feel so that you can lead us into the next election cycle. We'd we very much appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> that was the first thing. Yeah. Se- second thing was Jeff Flake has existed on this notion that he is for, uh, for spending that is responsible. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he goes off in all these directions with it. Yet he comes back around and he talks about DACA and how we need to spend money on this and, and, and illegals and, and all these different things that we need to do. How much money do we spend on medical care and other sorts of government benefits for people who are not only here illegally, but are here on the DACA program that shouldn't be? Well, if you remember, and, the, hang on, if you remember, FAIR did this whole big groundbreaking study, Federation for American Immigration Reform, and right. overall across the whole country, we spend $135 billion a year on medical costs, incarceration, education, uh, other government programs, food stamps, you know, you know the, the SNAP, all that stuff. $135 billion a year, and I think they pay into it, like with taxes, we collect about $19 billion. So net, we're down $116 billion a year. That's incredibly yep. responsible. I mean, that's uh, a small percentage, percentage-wise, $135 billion, mm-hmm. a drop in the bucket compared to our deficit nationally that's been created by Flake and his cronies and, and his other, other friends on the other side of the aisle, but still. I wouldn't mind a little bit of that in my pocket. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, I'd like a lot yeah. of it in my pocket. You know, you know, he was he was he was against um, voting for the Senate tax reform until he he originally was like, oh, I got to make sure that it pays for itself. We can't go into. I'm worried about the debt and the deficit and blah blah. Yet you're right. He he supports all these big government programs and illegal alien funding and you name it. Uh, and then it turns out uh, that he will not he will not cut that kind of money, 135 billion a year, to give our money back to us. You know, you want to make sure that the, the, the tax reform is revenue neutral. And that's the biggest joke ever, by the way, the revenue neutral garbage. Uh, why don't you cut spending by making sure illegals are not here? We don't pay for all $135 billion worth of services for them. Novel idea. Novel idea. Imagine that. Hey, I'll, I'll leave you just something. I'm going to send you an email because it's too long of a conversation. But uh, there, is, there is a change coming in academia that I'll detail. And your, your okay. screen caller can tell you a little bit about what I talked to him about off the, off the air. But. There's quite a bit of difference coming, and, and uh, I'll okay. send you some details. On I look shortly. forward to it. Thank you, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I'm your screen caller. Yeah, you're my screen caller, baby. I like the way you dress. Come here. I'll be like John Conyers. Put my I'm hand. On my way. Get out of here. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. My hand is upset oh, with what okay. I just said. 935. You better hit the button. You better hit the. Get off me. Get off. Don't touch me. <laughs> what are you, Al Franken? We got to talk about that. We got Al Franken, Regina Romero, too. What Regina Romero is calling for, what she's going to do, which is not going to help your life in Tucson, but she made a point of doing it, and the whole council supported her. Wait till you hear this. Coming up in about uh, five, here's the latest from Fox. 943, uh, really quick, before three things, I got an email about Jeff Flake. This is, I'm just mad I didn't think of this. I know, I know. You ready for it? I feel like I should do it in slow-mo because every time I say that, because of stranglehold with Ted Nugent. Whip your hair around. I bet Flake is one of those people who use the coupons at the grocery store and then writes a check holding everyone up. (laughs) 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 That's funny. I like that. You make me laugh. All right, three things I think you need to know. 
Number one, uh, Trump is going to announce uh, about an hour and 15 minutes from now that uh, our our uh, embassy in Israel will move from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the true capital of Israel, and uh, uh, other presidents have promised that and never delivered. Trump is. And that makes sense, and it's big. And by the way, Hamas is promising a day of rage for this. Oh, that's nice. We hate you so much. We disagree with this. Uh, we're going to rage because of it. Hey, that's just, hey. we can really trust you. What if we didn't move this? We really could trust you. You're so upset you're going to, a day of rage. You know who else did a day of rage? All those people that hated when Trump got elected. Remember that? Same thing as Hamas, huh? That's classy. Second thing I think you need to know, Jeff Flake wrote a whopping $100 check to the Alabama Democrat Doug Jones uh, because he hates, he absolutely hates uh, Roy Moore and Donald Trump so much. And he tweeted about it, took a picture of it, and put country over party. So the guy that is against wasteful spending just wasted 100 bucks of his own money on someone that's going to lose. Third thing that I think you need to know, jobs, jobs, jobs. 190,000 jobs added, 185,000 were expected according to the ex- uh, experts. Mark Zandi at uh, uh, Moody's says the job market uh, is on fire right now. Fire. Three things I think you need to know. Um, so the, so is uh, SoCal. So, Well, that's, you know, it's too soon. Kind of too like, soon. Was it? Sorry. Maybe. Maybe. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I'm gonna. how long before you think Jeff Flake will run as a Democrat? I don't think he's going to run again. He's going to try to cash in on this and whatever. And He'll be an analyst on one of the networks. Call it a day. It is what it is. Uh, so I also have up on my page at knst.com. I have on there, um, man, we'll have Al Franken stuff coming. Stuff's breaking about Al Franken. I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, however, Regina Romero. Yes. Regina Romero, Tucson city councilwoman. We've talked about this in the past, right? It's like, all right, what is their job? Pave the roads, make sure the cops get what they need. Firefighters get what they need, right? Be business friendly, like make smart decisions. Uh, I want to just say she's accomplished none of that. Uh, They've accomplished none of that. At the city council meeting yesterday, I saw a couple tweets by the uh, newspaper reporter, Joe Ferguson. And at the Tucson city council meeting, they covered different things. And I love this. These are the two that caught my eye. You ready for this? Tell me how this improves Tucson. Tell me. Nobody cares, right? Councilwoman, this is what Joe Ferguson tweeted. Councilwoman Romero wants the Tucson City Council to write and sign a letter asking the Arizona congressional delegation to pass a clean DACA bill before the end of the year. What a waste of time. Hey, you know what? We really have no impact with that, just like we have no impact on global warming, even though we want to live like by the Paris Climate Accord and nobody else does. And we're against the wall. Nobody cares what we think. So did the Tucson City Council take my advice and just, you know, say to her what I just said, like, nobody cares what you think. Nope. Next tweet, Tucson Council unanimously votes to back Romero's request. Letter will go out soon. How about them potholes? Huh? How about them potholes? Regina Romero. You know, Tucson's just going to get worse and worse with these dopes in charge. Kazacha got reelected. What a mistake. What an absolute mistake. Yeah, you could always move. I mean, there's other places around. There's Salarita, there's the Foothills, there's Marana, there's Oro Valley. There's other places. Uh, there's Red Rock. 
but there's no grocery store. You don't want people there? No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, breaking news. It was for the story from CNBC. Four Democratic senators call on Al Franken to resign after latest sexual misconduct allegation. Now, on that story, there's another big red thing going across the CNBC website. Six Democratic senators call on Al Franken to resign after latest sexual misconduct allegation. So now it's the story's been updated within minutes from four to six. About time they kick out the white guy, right? Uh, apparently, he, de- he vehemently denies the latest accusation against him by a woman who says he tried to forcibly kiss her in 2006. Who would have ever thought that? I mean, what are the other? So he, ne- he didn't vehemently deny the others. I didn't quite remember them, but uh, y'all. Uh, where is Jeff Flake calling for this as well, by the way? No, no. Where's John McCain calling? No, nothing, nothing. They wanted Roy Moore to quit right away despite nothing being proven. I mean, by the way, that last thing that some lady said, well, I have proof that uh, he dated me because he wrote me a letter uh, in my high school yearbook or something saying, congratulations, I'm sure you'll achieve all your dreams, which totally means we're dating, right? Uh, So six Democratic senators urging Al Franken to resign. He was there. You know what? They were actually thinking of him to be a presidential candidate in 2020. What? Yeah. Because I think they they realized after Obama, it was all about emotional relatability, right? Uh, And they thought thought Trump, even though Trump Trump actually has substance and we like his ideas, they're thinking that if you just get someone that people can like and get behind about the crap that they say, I mean, Al Franken's an entertainer. He can can act like he, I guess, cares or something and vote for him or, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's cool. So anyway, um, a former Democratic congressional aide is accusing Al Franken of forcibly trying to kiss her 11 years ago, according to Politico. Huh. So now statements that have come out this morning from six of Franken's female Democratic colleagues. Oh, you know, can you get the Maisie Hirono stuff? Holy because she's one of them. Kirsten Gillibrand in New York, Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, Claire McCaskill, Missouri, Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire, Patty Murray of Washington, Kamala Harris of California, asking and pushing for him to step down. Unidentified former aides said the incident took place after a taping of Franken's radio show before he was a senator. Woman says Franken told her, quote, it's my right as an entertainer to try to kiss her after she avoided his kiss. Franken said the allegation is categorically not true. The idea that I would claim this as my right as an entertainer is preposterous. I look forward to fully cooperating with the ongoing ethics investigation. This is the tough thing, though. He said, she said, right? He said, she said. Who do you believe? Um, so anyway, Maisie Hirono is one of the six female Democratic senators. She's of Hawaii saying that he should step down. But uh, just last week, she was asked about Conyers and Franken, and Conyers already retired as of yesterday. And Franken's being urged to quit. What did Maisie Hirono say about these two uh, pervs last week? Here we go. I have served with them before we knew that that they engaged in this kind of behavior, which, by the way, anybody who engages in this kind of behavior should be held accountable. But notice that good people do bad things. Oh! Gee, I wish that life were so black and white that uh, you can't think of a single person who, you know, the good person who has done bad things. So this gets a little bit complicated, but it occurs in a culture where women are seen as objects. I keep going back to that because until we change that, Mm. and it happens in our schoolrooms, it happens in our boardrooms, it happens in the halls of power. Every woman that I know has experienced this kind of harassment to some degree or other. 
Kim Kardashian doesn't help? What? what? Having women be looking oh, at his objects. Uh, well, and she wants this. Why she poses basically naked in Instagram photos. Anyway, but look, you good listen. Good things, you know, uh bad good good people do bad things. And it's not that big of a deal. Funny in a week how she changes her mind. You want to know why? Because she's a uh, politician. She is a slimeball politician, this Maisie Hirono, because she realized, wow, people really don't want him to be here, so I'm going to change what I think. A week ago, these two pervs, eh, good people do bad things. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's not as black and white as you think. Apparently it is. Apparently it is. Yeah. All right, uh, 9.53, coming back, uh, if I have time, Apparently, there was a whole thing where everybody knew in NBC going back to like 2008 what Matt Lauer was doing. Isn't that crazy? That's coming out. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. All right, zero res. It's not just me. So many people absolutely love zero res. As a matter of fact, I have a new client that's going to start next, uh, I think next week. And she told me that she has zero res coming and clean the carpets of, uh, of rental property she has and things like that in her own home. She's like, my God, it's everything that you say. And I'm telling you, it is everything that I say. And it's not just me. Um, I got a letter from Juana, an email. Juana in Green Valley. Garrett, we decided to put our house up for sale. One of the things we needed to do, get the carpets clean. Since Zero Res is a sponsor, we decided to give them the job. The company is everything you say it is. We experience top-notch customer service from start to finish, state-of-the-art technology cleaning techniques, and prompt courteous staff. That's what I've been telling you. We intend to use them again for the carpets in our new home, and we'll definitely recommend Zero Res to all our neighbors and friends, Juana in Green Valley. I am so glad that 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 you had that such a great experience. You will have it that way, too. They are a phenomenal company. Nobody cleans your carpet or your tile floor like Zero Res. 40 bucks per carpeted room right now. Get in. Get Call them. 441-2441. Get them to clean the carpeted room before you have company over for Christmas and for New Year's. Get it. It'll look brand new. It stays cleaner longer. Dries the fastest. No chemicals. No residue. They are so good. And the staff, again, they work their butts off. They are so good. By the way, you get three rooms cleaned. They'll clean a fourth for free if you uh, fill up a bag full of perishable items for the community food bank. They're working with them. Zero Res is working with them. So that's how you can do that. Find out more. Call them at 441-2441 or go to 0 